Welcome to Ladyfingers, the gayest podcast on the internet about the Great British Bake Off. We don't have much competition, but if there was competition, we would smoke it, fry it, send it out the door, chop it up into little pieces. Uh, They wouldn't stand a freaking chance. I'm Gabriel Coleman. And I'm Cole Stephenson. And do hast ein beautiful cake in front of you okay that's <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of like half-hearted german accents going on here yeah i don't know any german whatsoever i do so. i studied german in high school well good for you yeah yeah um yeah it's german week it is indeed german week the first challenge was uh german biscuits deutsche biskoff or something like that pretty simple pretty open-ended all they said is that they had to make two different sets of them and they had to be highly decorated and were they specific types i know one had to be a marzipan biscuit well no i think it i think they didn't i think it just happened that every person in the tent did one flour and one almond flour but i don't actually think that was part of the competition i liked jürgen jürgen did the little tea and coffee set which is very I clever that was a cute idea i had not I, it feels like that should have been done before, but that felt pretty original to me. I liked it. Maybe a nod to the iconic British drag queen, Tia Ooh, Coffee. Tia Coffee. Probably not, but we do love her. We do. But yeah, it was good. He also did little um, six-pointed stars, doing a nod to his wife. He also had that whole Passover um, cake thing from one or two episodes ago. So I think he's really trying to like represent him and his wife's kind of... Uh, heritage and i mean like german jews have had a very very rough go of it but like they are a part of german culture and it's good to like be visible and be like active about it and show it to the world yeah jürgen's biscuits were very cute they went over very well and he got a little handshakey for him he did he got a handshake which like oh you know paul was just waiting for that you know he was just ready and raring he was really hoping that it was going to happen and he yeah he got to do it. He was ready to celebrate the German for being good at German things. They also, like, really made it a point early on. Like, they're not going to hide it. Like, this is Jürgen's week. This is all about Jürgen. Like, so much pressure on the poor man. And maybe that was his downfall. Or maybe Giuseppe is just really good. Probably a combination of both. As far as, like, the other cookies that really stood out to me, Amanda's really spoke to me. I love glue vine, also known as, like, it's very similar to mold wine, similar concept. Just like a sweet wine in a jam. That sounds amazing. I want that. Yeah, and I thought when hers came out, her jam looked very thin. And I was like, oh no, it's wrong. But it seemed to set all right on the cookies. Yeah. And it looked really good. So I was glad for that. I don't know. I This challenge was strange to me because I have, you know, all of the different flavors written down. But thinking back, like, I don't have any strong, like, pull towards any of them. Just because I think there were so many different cookies that it was hard to, like differentiate everything yeah that that's always like the difficult part about having a challenge where you have to make two different things is how do you cover everything in such a a short span of time the only thing that really like spoke to me were lizzie's little cheeky boys oh yes cheeky girls yeah which looked like blow-up dolls if we're being 100 percent honest but i thought they were really cute she did an apple and a spice and a cardamom cookie as well which wow I'm deep in the middle of like autumn right now and yeah I just want every apple good in existence yes yes also I think second week of of Lizzie doing apple yeah yeah 
She's an apple girl. She's an apple lady. And in case anybody was wondering, uh, Lizzie has defeated me and now she has more TikTok followers than me. It took her like two weeks. Um, but, you know, we're fine and we're moving on and it's yeah. cool and we're still best friends and we talk all the time. And honestly, you can you can claim her fame because we did mention it on the podcast. Yeah, truly. So Lizzie, you're welcome. Giuseppe's sounded like they tasted really good. He had a coffee pecan one and then an orange and strawberry. The orange and strawberry one looked really cute. It had little stars on it, had a little cutout. Um, he said he used pisto spice. Do you know what that is? Pisto? No. It's like Italian Christmas spice. Eating the World calls it Pisto, the original Neapolitan pumpkin spice. Cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and clove. Cool, cool. He knows what he's doing. Or he just knows a cool name for a very regular spice mix (laughs) to make us intrigued. George used a device which I need to own, which is this like embossed rolling pin. And he rolls it over and then all the cookies had this like beautiful stamped out shape on them. Um... Yeah, it looked very cute. And the flavors, again, were very nice. He did a an aniseed marzipan one, and then a kirsch cherry was his others, correct? Yeah. But yeah, I think in general, like, I, I agree with you that this, nothing really, like, stood out in any big direction. I know that there was, like, a handshake that went on, but, like... It didn't register in the same. It just felt everything was moving so fast and all over the place. The only other thing that I noticed was that both, because Chiggs did an orange and almond uh, marzipan cookie, and this is the second week where we've had both Chiggs and Giuseppe use orange in the same challenge. Wow. Um, Because they both used orange in their milk bread, and Giuseppe got that like crazy... Paul was like, it's so hard to make orange come out in the flavor. Um... (laughs) when Chiggs like also did it. That really got you. You're you're holding on to you're holding a grudge on that I'm one. I'm holding a grudge. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I've had a grudge. I have had a grudge on Paul's critiques since I started watching Bake Off essentially. I did not necessarily agree with all of the decisions that were made this episode and I was talking to my friend about it and it's like I blame Paul. I blame Paul. And she's like you have no evidence for that. And I'm like I have a feeling, and I know. This is his fault, and I do blame him for this. I feel like I know it is reality TV, but how many hours have we each spent watching Paul do his thing? Hundreds of thousands. So much time. And I feel like I know how this person operates at this yeah. point. Prue kind of has a pass, you know? She's she's fairly new. Yeah. But like, Paul, we've had we've been watching Paul for a while. Yeah, we, we see we see through the, the veneer. A lot of people did fairly well. Christelle, Chiggs, Jurgen, and Giuseppe. I also have doing fairly well. The only people I have that did poorly were George and Freya. Setting the stage for the rest of the episode, it feels like. Can you pronounce the with your with your German expertise, the technical? So Prince Regen ten torte. Uh, Prince Regentorte, something like that, pretty close. Oh, okay, it's named after Lutipold, Prince Regent of Bavaria from 1886. So it's the Prince Regent cake. So the Prince Regent cake, let's just call it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because easier for me. Um, It looked so good. Oh, it yeah. I mean, so yummy. Come on. I love thin little layers and lots of cream in between. It's mm-hmm. basically like a bunch of like stacked up. I think it's like eight layers thick or something. It's like a regular sort of sponge. Really a Genoese, thin. A Genoese oh, sponge. Oh, a Genoese sponge. 
which means that they just have to whip all this air into the eggs. Yes. And then fold the flour in very carefully. There's no raising agent. So it's like, um, you have to like, it's the one where you make a meringue and then you mix in the dry ingredients and then just don't touch it at all. That's, I think, the big challenge with this one is having to make eight Genoese sponges that are all equal thickness. And you have to have just enough, just the right amount for each of them. We saw that George messed up pretty bad here. He had like big chunks and then tiny little thin ones by the end because he didn't measure it all out beforehand. It just looked very, very pretty and like the best creamy chocolate cake you could ask for. Yeah, I just, I love it when you have like, when you put the knife into that perfect slice and it just like bounces back up. Oh, it looks so good. It felt like in general, everybody did a pretty good job. Like everybody was on top of it. George, like we said, did not spread out his batter evenly so we have these super thick layers and then he had very thin layers because he ran out at the top he was also using a little bit of the batter to glue down the papers which was strange and they like obviously put that in just so that they could go back later and show you that he didn't have enough one of the judges said that some of his layers were so thin they could pass for a poppadum which i <laughs> thought was very funny that is not what you want in a cake is no. poppadum amanda she didn't have enough of the cream or the frosting or it turned out really bad oh yeah it split didn't it so she just did like a whipped cream kind of thing which actually sounds really nice in the cake but it like wasn't the assignment christelle got dinged because hers was a little sloped down on the sides so like they wanted a cake that was perfectly 90 degrees between yeah, the top and the she sides. Yeah, like a, a domed kind of cake. And I think um, Freya's also ended up a little bit like that. It shook out. Amanda got last place. Yeah, I know her cream was bad. And then I think it was it was kind of similar, not as bad as George, but layers uneven. And then, yeah, Christelle ended up in seventh. Again, coming in at the bottom. <laughs> Poor, Poor Christelle. Poor Christelle, man. She, like, she really falls apart in those technicals. It is unfortunate. And you sent me one of her one of her TikToks. Yes. Um, from this week being, like, another technical that I have to make a video redeeming now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that she has a sense of humor about it. But it, yeah. is, uh, it is sad to see because she's such a good baker. Yeah, she's so good. She needs, she needs her flowers. George came in sixth miraculously when you cut it open and you saw those layers it was kind of like this isn't the thing this is not the move freya ended up in fifth jurgen in fourth lizzie in third chigs in second and giuseppe with the top spot with the perfect Ooh. prince regent tort if i was a betting man i think those top four are gonna be our top four for the thing we believe in christelle we stand christelle in this house but it is it is one bad showstopper away from going really poorly, and I'm I'm worried. I think Christelle could beat Chiggs out potentially. Really? Well, of course, something could go wrong in a showstopper as they get more and more technical and crazy. Um, yeah. But then I think it's a question of like whether Christelle can get a handle on her technicals. I think that's the only thing that's pulling her down from being not even just as good as Chiggs, but like as good as Giuseppe and Jurgen and Lizzie. Shout out to my very good personal friend Lizzie for consistently being in the top three, pretty much every single technical. She's thinking on her feet. QHs in a Chanel dress. How do you like a burger? Medium raw, yeah. Cool. Food addict, if you're already thinking about your second bit burger before you've eaten your first. first, first, first. 
your, your girlfriend's gonna be hashtag jealous when she sees all the pics of your bit bugs. Better take a bite before it gets cold. cold. I have a fun food fact for you, if your body is prepared. Oh my god, thank you so much. So I, this past weekend, was in Amsterdam. It was for the marathon, right? For the marathon, yes. How did that go, by the way? The viewers need to know. It was a, a mixed bag, but overall really well. Like, the route is beautiful. If you're ever wanting to do a marathon in Europe, I would recommend Amsterdam Marathon. It's very flat, which is very nice. But then, like, you're running through the center of the city and then, like, down along the Amstel River. So you get all of the lovely Dutch agricultural scenery. You run by two windmills, lots of sheep. What? Um, but I did end up uh, bonking. What is bonking So mean? bonking is what happens when your body runs out of glucose that it can process. Oh, no. Um, which uh, I think happened because I didn't fuel enough because we were traveling and we were like trying to find places to eat. So it wasn't like I could really like get a bunch of food and carb load so easily. But I mean, like I, I for the first three quarters, I was doing really, really, really amazing um, and feeling really good. And then my brain just was telling me, you're out of energy. You need to stop, which is not something that I'm used to my brain telling me while I'm running. But this is what happens. And so I ended up finishing. Wait, I'm sorry. You you bonked and then you completed the race? See, like I got to 30K uh, out of 40, 42 at two hours. If you can imagine the last 12K, like I run 30K in two hours and then 12K in an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> That's There was contrast. That second half is the fat. <laughs> Is the fastest I could ever humanly go. Like, yeah, wow. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy that I did it and that I finished despite having to like go lay in an ambulance for a little bit. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> While it was in Amsterdam, I had bitterballen. When you're drinking in the Netherlands, it's like a thing to go and like get a beer and then just get a plate of like little fried snacks and bitterballen, which are beef gravy essentially that's breaded and then fried in a little ball. Oh, so it's like fried gravy nuggets. Yes, exactly. Is it bready or is it more like um, like a cheese curd kind of texture? Like a flaky breading, so kind of like a cheese curdy breading, I would say. Not Ooh. very thick or anything. And then just mm -hmm. like nice, like thick, thick, floury gravy in the middle. You can get like mushroom ones and cheese ones and like we found some vegetarian ones. So I did try different ones, but I did end up breaking vegetarian. For the cultural mm. experience of it, I was talking with people and we were like, this needs to be the new state fair food. Fried bitter ballin. Yeah. So if you have access to a food truck or a state fair food stand, would highly recommend because they'll be a big hit. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for the fact. Yeah, you're welcome. Learned about a new food today. Um, The showstopper was a bread cake. No, it was called an actual thing. I just wrote down yeast leavened cake. Like Christelle was talking about it and she was like, it's kind of like a brioche kind of thing. Just on the cake side of brioche, I would say. Which is a really interesting 
kind of place to be, especially like in a timed TV challenge, because anytime you add fats or especially sugars to any dough that you're proving, it makes it take that much longer to prove. More sugar, more food, the the yeast is going to do its thing faster, but then it doesn't have enough water to keep up. So it actually slows the whole process down. Yeah. So it can be pretty tricky for all that timing. And I think they had four hours for this. We didn't have anyone making two different doughs, which I think kind of speaks to how long everything takes that like, normally there's one person who's like going the extra mile and trying to do it in every, do an extra thing. But it was difficult enough that everyone kind of was like, all right, one thing it is. And Jurgen also called them out a little bit and said like, well, this isn't traditional. We wouldn't do a multi-tiered bread cake like this. I did think Jurgen's looked very pretty. I am a sucker for a braided loaf. I just think mm-hmm. the effect is so nice when you get the braid just perfect and it's like all proportional. I just think it looks so like classic and good. It makes me think of Kiki's delivery service and like I strongly resonate that movie with my childhood. Booked also, me. it was beer soaked. Beer soaked cake bread, like, sounds like the best thing. The Jurgen quote of the episode I have quite a powerful kneading method. <laughs> <laughs> right, because he was slapping the shit out of that. Because he did his whole Selassie Redux. Yes. Pounding the bread on the table. Yeah, I mean, if you've never kneaded bread before like that, it's very fun and it does work. It does work. It's a great way to to get out some frustrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that reminded me of my favorite Jurgen quote, which was actually in the first section. Everybody was like, there's a lot of pressure on you. You know, you want to win, right? You want to win. He's like, I want to do well so that because I like everybody here and I want to see them again next week. And it's like, oh, oh that's so sweet. Baby. Also, Christelle's cinnamon, apple, cream, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of like roses down the side. I thought it was very pretty. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like, yeah, cream, cinnamon, apple with this bready cake sounds like just the perfect thing that I could eat, like Ooh. like two whole cakes myself. My stomach just growled <laughs> as you were saying that. <laughs> George's did not go over very well at all. He did a chocolate tahini. I think that's a, at least the second time that he's employed this combination, which I love, of course, but... um. The, the final look of it was really unfortunate. It didn't stand up straight and it was kind of like teetering over. And then he covered the whole thing in a glaze and just the, it, it looked like something I'm not going to talk about in Pleasant Company, but the final effect I don't think was what he quite had in mind. When he cut into it, it didn't look really appetizing. Like it mm-hmm. was just kind of like a big pocket of tahini and or chocolate. Chiggs did lemon and mixed peel Mm -hmm. and he had little bees coming off of it. I thought it was really cute. His ended up looking very, very, very cute. Flavor wise, it didn't seem like they did uh, super well. They always mention Chiggs' flavors are a little weak, a little not all the way there. He's got to commit. The candied peel didn't really come through too much. Well, Gabe, because you know orange is really hard to make you notice Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, this is what I'm saying, is that like, Christelle would never have a moment like this. Mm, You know? I see. That's just what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) Another another small tragedy, Freya's plum and wine, which looked gorgeous. 
I loved it. I saw what she was going for, but it didn't, like, it wasn't quite enough. It looked a little bit like it was a mistake, but I didn't think it was ugly. I think with the weirdness of this, like, unfrosted, weird, bready cake, having just, like, lovely plums on top and, like, random kind of drips of wine coming down the side, like, just felt, felt right. It felt very, I mean, very cottagecore-y, I guess, but, like... Very cottage core, yeah. Also something that you would in- maybe come across in like um in like a Harry Potter or like a Lord of the Rings setting where it's like a little wonky, but that's the point, is that it's like it's a little whimsical and it's it's supposed to be a little rustic or something. Yeah, whimsical yeah. is a good way to say it. And Prue seemed to really like the the wine sauce but there just wasn't Mm -hmm. enough. It was like the proportions were wrong and it was too thick in some spots. And it's frustrating because I feel like, okay, sure, it wasn't the best, Mm -hmm. but it really did not seem like a loser cake to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree. And then Amanda um, kind of redeemed herself quite a bit with this last one. She did... With a raisin. Rum plum raisin. And a shitload of almonds all the way across the bottom layer. But yeah, it seemed to go over well. They seemed to really like the flavors, which is nice. My personal favorite was Lizzie's. Yes, it was so cute. I think that was my favorite too. It was a whole fairy tale. Yeah, it was a Bavarian explosion. Green and flowery and beautiful. Had a little house on top. Yeah, her little pineapple flowers. I thought that was very clever. And if I ever end up making something that requires them, like it's good to know that it's super easy to make them. Um, and then who else do we have? I think we just have Giuseppe to talk about. What were your thoughts? It looks like cherries, almonds, a little bit of a glaze on top, just like very simple, rustic, straightforward kind of thing. Very Giuseppe style. What's like the best, best of all of them? Like, I think in my mind, Christelle's was a little better, but definitely enough to get him to that top spot after the way he performed for the rest of the episode. In the end, we had Giuseppe come through with the win. We love to see it. His second win in the tent. Knocking the German engineering champion off the German baking pedestal. It's really just between the two of them right now. It feels like everybody else is just kind of trying to play catch up. They're so strong. The first episode, I was talking with some folks in the running group that were also watching it, and they were like, it feels like this season there are really like two three really good bakers and everyone else is bad and i wouldn't go quite that far but it does feel like this season there have been clear clear front runners we're kind of watching the titans battle at the top and then we have like a couple other people who are doing very well for themselves and then everybody else is really starting to fall behind unfortunately freya was sent home controversial decision who do you think um would have gone home in place george i have to agree it's both levels that i don't agree with because like there's a side of sure somebody did bad one week it's supposed to be a week over week kind of thing give people another chance Mm -hmm. whatever in theory that would be fine uh but number one i don't think freya did that much worse than george and in some cases she did better like in the technical and even i would argue in the showstopper I think his didn't look good. And then from the other angle, like, I just feel like Freya has more to show. She's shown some some really impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, George has done pretty well, but some time management, something that happens pretty much every time. I agree. I think um, his, his bare-knuckle baking um, is kind of coming up against a limit. 
also maybe is like wearing itself out as like being fun to watch. It's just a lot of struggle. I'm I'm sad to see Freya go, and I think I yeah. want to see more of her. I wanted to hear more of her voice. Cappuccina. My plan for this, uh, the music to explain is um, I want to do a song by Bipling, who is this like weird influencer artist person who just makes weird things online. But her her accent is like just like Freya's. And so whenever I hear Freya speak, I'm like, it's like Bipling. <laughs> the music this episode is going to be a send up to her because... We honor her memory. I love that. A good thing, though, is I feel like as a vegan baker, like Freya has a lot that she can pull from in her success in this competition. Totally. I can certainly see a really cool cookbook coming out of this for her, hopefully. Yeah, I hope she does. I mean, we've both learned about vegan baking from her just by watching the show. Yeah. She is positioned well for the outside world. Um, As we all know, The real game of Bake Off begins after you leave the tent and how you can parlay it into a a food baking influencer career. So Gabe, yeah, cool. I just had a really quick question. Um, are you into eating? It just so happens that I am into eating. Wow, that's really cool that you're into eating. That is so random. Are you into eating? I also am. Oh my god, twinsies. So random. (laughs) Random spork. (laughs) Holding up a spork. Cheese. Cheese. Uh, Uh, What have you been eating this week, Cole? So I went up to upstate New York, High Falls, like I said, and I would say my favorite thing that I've had, I went to Arrowhead Brewery. And it was really good. It's like this little brewery and there's like an open space with picnic tables and there's chickens off to the side and there's a whole like beer thing on the inside. Uh, I had a burger. The burger was pretty good, but my friend got the chicken sandwich and I tasted a little bit of it and she said it was the best fried chicken sandwich she's ever had. And I believe her. And I got a flight of beers. So I I tried a bunch of different types of beers. Which one was your favorite? Probably their Oktoberfest. They like a really flavorful, like skunky, or like the sour was really sour. Mm. The IPA was really IPA-ish. The stout was super like thick and the Oktoberfest was really good. Nice, nice. It is October, of course. Yeah, yeah. So important to have an Oktoberfest. Um, I agree. That sounds good. Yeah, it was really tasty. In the tri-state area. In the tri-state area, in fact check out what is the brewery called again Uh, arrowhead farms i believe is it part of a farm yeah they they farm the hops right there cool that's so awesome what about you what have you eaten drunk cooked or otherwise consumed that spoke to you 
I'm not the most like bakey baker. Mm-hmm. Like I will do bread and things, but I don't often do sweet things. But just two days ago, I made a cake for a friend's <gasps> birthday party. What? What kind of cake did you make? Yannick, my roommate, and I made a gluten-free chocolate cake with pumpkin buttercream frosting. I never do things like this. And so to do it, I was pulling on all of the bake-off knowledge I have. And it turned out very well. It was very tasty. That sounds fun. That sounds like a good combo. Have a great week. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ladyfingers podcast. I'm out for a walk, so please excuse any atmospheric noise. Today's episode and the music therein was edited by me, Gabriel Coleman, and included songs by Sylvan Esso, Tom Howe, Disclosure, and Bip Ling. Our cover art is by the ooky spooky Alessandra Rugusa. You can find Cole on Twitter and TikTok at Cole Stephenson with an S-E-N. And I'm on Twitter at Yay Purple Cheese. Have a great week!